this is Griff. And this is Nora. And this is Miss Media. It's a Purple Door podcast about rape culture within pop culture. And today we are going to talk a little bit about the Notorious Tiger King on Netflix. (laughs) So I think a lot of us have watched Tiger King and we know what Tiger King's about. What's Tiger King about, Griff? Tiger King is about so much happens <laughs> a lot. from human trafficking to cults yeah. to hitmans to Man. the entire cast equally in a full set of teeth to <laughs> like there are definitely going to be some spoilers so if you have not finished Tiger King I would recommend you finish it and then come back to us oh yes for yeah. sure for sure yeah because there is so much going on and I think a lot of people are talking about you know the obvious kind of stuff the the murder for hire and (laughs) all that mess um but I think there's a lot of underlying sexual abuse and domestic violence in Tiger King too and that's what we're going to mostly be focusing on today yeah and for sure I think that's what's like really getting to me about um a lot of social media is they're seeing like all these people and they're like oh lisa frank is equal to um like joe exotic and right. whatnot and stuff like that and it's like putting joe exotic in a positive light yes when i think he's just a trash human absolutely <laughs> and i think that a, a lot of it like all the memes and stuff it like trivializes all of these horrible things that these people have been doing exactly yeah exactly. so who are who are our players here we have joe exotic Oh, yeah. Who else? Doc Antle. <laughs> it's like saying Mufasa. <laughs> Our good friend Doc. Um, Jeff Lowe. Gross. He's my least favorite of the series. And our friend Carol Baskin as well. Carol. And then also we have John. That's right. Who And then um, Barbara Fisher. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Barbara Fisher. Who is Barbara? Remind me. She, oh yeah, the the Doc Antle, right? Yeah, Doc Antle's victim. Yeah, one of one of his victims of his cult. Do we want to start there? Yeah, let's start there. Let's talk about it a little bit. So Doc Antle's Myrtle Beach Safari. Griff, you have some history here. Yeah. So I lived. I grew up and went to high school in Polly's Island, South Carolina, which isn't that far. It's like thirty minutes from Myrtle Beach. Wow. And so um, when I was little, I really always wanted to go and see Doc Antle's tiger exhibit. You get to, like, my favorite animals, the tiger, yeah. and you get to hold and pet them. And I was like, that's so cool. And I remember taking it to my mom and my mom being like, no, they hurt animals. I can't go. Yeah. And then. Good job, mom. Good yeah, call. good job, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Way to look out. Um, and then when I was in high school, uh, me and some girlfriends, like, like, kind of went to the mall because there's only one mall because it's a, you know in Myrtle Beach it had like you know the teeny bopper stuff like Abercrombie <laughs> and Fitch and American Eagle and all oh, that yeah. stuff and um there would be people like who were looking to get uh interns for Doc Antle's place and they all seemed to be a high school internship kind of hmm. thing so they would come and approach high school girls oh yeah specifically oh yeah okay okay Real weird. Yeah. So uh, I I think it's just so interesting that everyone who works for Doc Antle is a young woman, right? And he requires that they dress a certain way. And uh, Barbara Fisher even talked about um, being forced to get a breast augmentation. Yeah. Yeah. And changing their names. Changing their names. And uh, that is 
such a classic part of cultism is removing your identity and becoming someone new, right? And I think it's it's very reminiscent of uh, Charles Manson's for sure. Yeah, a little cult here going skelter on. vibes, absolutely, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I just think about like the how he was so easily to manipulate to get them to do exactly what he wanted them absolutely. to do. Absolutely. And he had so the power dynamic was just yeah. incredible where he was able to say basically uh do this or or but you can leave anytime you want. Right. Technically yeah. you can leave at any time. But do these women actually have the financial resources to leave at any time they want? Do they have the the feeling of independence that they can leave whenever they want? It's like, technically, you can leave this cult at any time. But realistically, it's not that simple. And, like, let's even break down, like, Doc Antle. Like, what is he a doctor of? <laughs> what was it? I looked it up. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up again. Wasn't it like psychedelic science or something, something along those lines? It is something that I don't think uh, really needs a doctorate. Yeah. I don't think that he has his PhD. But, but and and okay, so what is what was his first name? What does he have all of the all of the girls call him that Barbara oh, Fisher said it means Lord? Yeah. It's like it starts with a B. I can't remember. But it's like an it's an Indian title. Yeah. And I looked it up and that's actually his birth name. That is his first name that his mom gave him. It's not just like a title that he has people call him. Like, that's his name. So he was born with all this entitlement. Yes, like. yeah. So I was reading and and um, because I read an article about his cultural appropriation um, oh, yeah. of Indian culture and stuff. And apparently that's how he was raised. His mom was a very big influence on that. She like raised him with that type of culture and stuff. She named him, you know, a traditional Indian name. So he's just, a, I mean, he's a very interesting character <laughs> that say. was a nice way of putting <laughs> it it's a very nice way of putting it um what else what Sh else should we talk about the main man mr exotic <sighs> Our himself good friend joe yes there is so much that we can talk about here okay oh. so let's talk about joe's husbands that we see in the show there was one that we didn't really hear about from um his past uh that you know they didn't really talk about too much but we in the show we have john finley travis maldonado and dylan passage so john was 19 years old when joe met him mm -hmm. when joe was 40 years old Ugh. and that's when they got together um in 2003 and after doing some research, I, I saw John talking about how he already believed that Joe was becoming very controlling and mm -hmm. obsessive. And it sounds like their relationship was at least emotionally abusive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I found that um, John Finley was charged at one point with physical assault against Joe. And I couldn't find any more about the situations, you know, that led to that. Um, but I was, it reminded me a lot of reactionary violence in oh, yeah. domestic violent relationships. I thought it was so ironic. Like there's so many ironies at like the last episode, spoiler alert, mm -hmm. wherein he's like, you know, I'm being treated like an animal in a cage and this is how yes. we shouldn't treat animals where he didn't even let John and Travis leave the property. Right. And they live in Oklahoma, and I was stationed in Oklahoma for a while, and there isn't much there. I'm sorry if I offend any people from Oklahoma, but, like, it's a dust bowl. And, yeah. like, 
and his and his family wasn't too far in texas like but he wasn't allowed to leave and see them no yeah and and he he would control them to that point not even just that but it seems like their whole marriage the three of them this polyamorous relationship it seemed very unbalanced like oh yeah john and travis maybe weren't that into the situation but they did it anyway well he kept them on drugs the entire time yeah. and like if you cloud somebody's mind to where you are able to just shower them with drugs and gifts and Absolutely. stuff like that like especially when you've been manipulating them from a young age yeah. which he knew Oh, Joe yeah. knew. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Yeah, master manipulators are definitely easy. Like, it's easy yeah. for them to find those buttons and mm -hmm. exploit them. Absolutely. And that's exactly what he was doing. He knew Travis liked to smoke weed, and he mm -hmm. knew that um, he liked to play with guns, which is yes. so problematic in, like, all of this. Like, how, like, people were just sh shooting absolutely. off guns all the time. And we saw the consequences of that when Travis accidentally shot himself and killed himself. And yeah. it's horrible and tragic, but we see that there are, it's, it's not just jokes. Like even these things that we think are no big deal. It's, it's, you know, we're just playing around. It gets real serious real quick. Yeah. Yeah. When you see the uh, campaign manager, watching this happen and he's oh, telling travis heartbreaking. He, like you know don't point the gun at me and stuff like that and then he puts the weapon to his head mm -hmm. and is like uh and then pulls the trigger like yeah. there were there is so much happening in these situations mm -hmm. there is so many different elements that caused that to happen um and now i think it's very interesting when we look at all of these key players like Doc Antle, Joe Exotic, Jeff Lowe, they all have very young people around them. They are all targeting young people. And that's something that we see in our society a lot that's like really brushed aside. You know, oh, it's yeah. like, it's just normal. Of, of course, dudes love a younger girl. That's how they are, right? And it's just brushed aside. But it's so interesting that we can we can visually see that pattern in this documentary. We see all these young people being manipulated. And it's a joke. It's a joke to yes. them. They're like, you know, Joe's like, I have my cult and Doc has his cult. Yeah, he says it straight up. And Doc would not agree with that, I'm sure. Yeah. The way he was immediately defensive when he got like the hint that someone was going to say the word cult. He is very sick of that accusation, I'm sure. But... <laughs> I mean, looks like a duck, quacks like a exactly. duck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so when we, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Joe's husbands because not only did that polyamorous relationship seem like it wasn't fully consensual, but both Travis and John at different points in time stated that they weren't gay. Yeah. And and Joe himself said, I've fallen in love with straight boys. I really hate that he even said straight boys. boys yeah. He obviously like, views them as children, children and treats them. They as such. are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're not equal partners in their relationship. And um, you mentioned the branding. The oh, yeah. The branding of his husband. Yeah. He puts his name on their bodies. Mm -hmm. And this is what we see so common with human traffic victims. Yeah, like. We do. It's like a way of saying, like, this is my property. Yeah. And that's how he viewed them. Like, exactly. it was very obvious that he viewed anybody who worked for them or anybody who was married to him 
it was his property. Those yeah. cats were his property. He was going to turn the situation, if somebody was going to try to take his property, into another Waco situation. Oh, my goodness. And said it so effortlessly. Yeah. He is. Uh, he was very comfortable saying that he would be fine killing all of these things that mm-hmm. he's supposed to care about so much. Um, and I think that that's another uh, trend. That's another pattern that we see is that all these key players, they have they let this this power, this power starts to go to their, their heads. And um, I think that that's something that we see when it comes to the tigers, right? All these, these tigers give them a feeling of status, of power. Um, and then whenever they're surrounded by all these young people who they oh, can yeah. get to do whatever they want. Again, it's about the power. It's about power and control. And that's always what it comes back down to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People who are into just having power and control or going to find jobs that camouflage it Mm -hmm. and this is a great job that does that and another thing that gives them that power and control is every so much of it is done in like the darker icky type of the world right and so like nobody can come out about it because then they're going to be implicated for doing something wrong ah that's a good point yeah that's a good point there's so much other sketchy stuff happening that they would be implicating themselves yeah. if they tried to come forward exactly yeah so that's like just another like he's got this whole web like a bunch of them do joe jeff and doc and mm-hmm. you know i would even say that uh Carol is a little I agree exploitative I absolutely agree um and I think that with Carol it is a little bit more difficult to talk about these dynamics these power dynamics um because they are different when it comes to um like male female power dynamics but she is absolutely exploiting her workers yeah at the very least and, the, and we see that with, with all of the rest of these people. They're all exploiting their, their workers to get some sort of, like, free or cheap labor. Um, and Carol is not exempt no. from that. I do, like, I respect what she's trying to do, like, policy-wise with the cats. I, I think that that's, like, pretty cool. But, like, pay your people. Yeah. If you have people who are, like, doing years and years of training... And yes, they care about the cause, but mm-hmm. they deserve to be compensated. Absolutely. And girl cannot tell me that she doesn't have enough money yeah. to pay some of those staff members. That's like another power <laughs> and control thing. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just like the the theme, uh, like the underlying theme of this whole thing. Of course, the the documentary doesn't focus as much on the you know all this like violence that that we notice because mm-hmm. of you know where we work and everything. Um, but it's it's just such a it's like a through line of the entire documentary is just how obsessed all of these key players are with power and status, and part of that is abusing other people. Oh yeah, and it like I mean. It comes down to like even microaggressions where the entire season they are misgendering a trans man in their show. Yes. And they know. They obviously know, but they are so entitled that they don't think that it's important for them to use the proper pronouns. Yeah. And so for those who haven't heard about that, um, can you tell us what's going on with that with the transgender man? So there's, um, spoiler alert. There is a man who works for Joe Exotic and his arm gets bitten off by a tiger. And um, and so 
he is brainwashed to the t- point of where he's like just amputated so I can get back to work a week wow. later. Yeah. But he is so devoted. But these people are not devoted to him. Like the mm-hmm. entire time they talk about him, they use she, her pronouns. Right. And like he's presented know. as a lesbian woman, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is like, and like, I'm all here for Netflix, like putting that out in the open, especially on the day they did it. Like, yes. so it was Trans Visibility Day, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And like, I thought that was really cool. Like, way to be there. Um, but like, these are people who are abusing this man and this is just another small way of that power and control and abuse absolutely absolutely and um it really is like they had to make a conscious decision to present him as a woman oh yeah when he specifically refers to himself as a man um and i i read um that joe exotic himself would very often most of the time misgender Saf as well and Ugh. call him her and everything. So again, the microaggressions, yeah. it's, it's those little things that really start to wear you down. You know, you start to hear every single day you get misgendered. It gets tiring. It's going to get exhausting. And he went through so much abuse, oh but never said anything bad no. about any of those people. No. Like, and it would have been more than fair yeah. to be critical of this whole situation. But yeah, he never was and i think that it's just uh, it shows how good joe exotic is at getting what he wants and getting people to follow him i think this whole entire show just shows how great master manipulators are mm-hmm. at getting what they want because now they're famous absolutely like do you like i mean i get it that they were already a little kind of famous yeah. like um but i really think about people watching the show are just like almost looking at Joe exotic. Like he's this crazy guy, oh, but yeah. we so lovable. Yep. He's it's a like new idol. Any toxic person is like, but it's just funny and quirky and yes. like put in these characteristics, but he's so lovable. Absolutely. No, he's <laughs> abusive, problematic and toxic. Like yes. let's talk about that. And, all of these things that we're seeing where we're like, oh, he's so eccentric, he's so wild, those things are all insane. All yeah. these things that we're excusing, him a, him like beating a, a dummy that is supposed to represent Carol Baskin and threatening it the way that he does. Oh, yeah, or d- getting a blow-up doll and using a sex toy in her mm-hmm. mouth and saying this is coming for you Th- yes. those are rape threats like absolutely they're specifically gendered threats they're you don't he you don't see him saying any of that stuff about men or anything no. like that and i think that that just again speaks to joe's his misogyny is very very apparent mm-hmm. um and just that 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 power that that is he's just obsessed with and he's obsessed with thinking that she's going to take that from him and he responds in uh, horribly violent sexist ways oh yeah and i think it's another threat that another layer of threat that she's a woman absolutely absolutely if it was another man it would be like more respect there yeah the fact that she's a woman it's just like even that more threatening i agree and i would also hazard to say that a lot of the response from the public 
like the immediate hatred that a lot of people are having for Carol after seeing the documentary and that such a wild support for Joe, even after watching all the things he's done, the response from the public, I think also reflects the misogyny of our culture, the way that we're so ready to hate a woman for something. Yeah. Yeah. And praise a man for doing worse things. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I mean, it's almost like, we're able to look past um, as a society the fact that these men have groomed women or men yeah. or boys. I would say boys, boys. or girls. Yeah. Um, and, you know, have ruined these people's lives, caused one like caused them to change their names, mm-hmm. um, disfigure their bodies when yeah. they weren't ready to um, and ruin people's lives. But we are really just focusing on the fact that Carol, as as a side, we're focusing that that she possibly killed her husband. Right. Like we have video recordings of very violent threats from Joe. We yeah. have uh, just and hundreds Jeff. and Jeff like, and Jeff. Are, yeah. We have visual evidence that they are doing horrible things, but just the idea that Carol may have killed someone is like enough to make the public hate her you know what's really gross i i like can't stop getting it out of my head mm-hmm. is the last episode when jeff and lauren mm-hmm. are um sitting there and um lauren is very pregnant yes. uh with his child and is like well once she has that kid she's got to go back to the gym got to get her back in the gym <gasps> and then we talk about it getting a nanny and he's like, well, she's got to be something good to look at. I yep. need something nice to look at. Yep. If you're going to have to have this person living in your home, right? So I need someone good to look at because that is the most important thing to look for when you're talking about hiring someone to care for your child. And like, <laughs> look at Lauren's like uncomfortable body language. Yes, absolutely. She she reads as someone who is just playing along. Oh, yeah. And let's talk about how Jeff, has been arrested for assaulting and strangling his yes. ex-wife. That, okay, so we know that is for sure proof that Jeff is abusive. You don't just strangle your partner. Mm-mm. That's not something that, that can happen in a vacuum. That's the only thing that, you know, you don't immediately jump to that. We know in our jobs that those are behaviors that escalate to that point. So... What happened was Jeff was cheating on his wife with Lauren, who is his current wife, current pregnant wife, probably not pregnant anymore. But um, whenever his wife found out that he was cheating, she confronted him. And during that confrontation, he assaulted her and choked her and strangled her, put his hands around her throat. And what it's a, it's a very common fact in our line of work that when someone chokes their partner or strangles their partner that is the number one indicator that that person will kill their victim oh yeah and that is like the most extreme sign of abuse and it's really just kind of glossed over in the documentary and but it stuck in my mind you know and and it really made it all make sense the way he was talking about his wife the way he was talking about this nanny just the way he was willing to manipulate. He was using these tigers to manipulate women into, you know, doing whatever he wanted. He was slimy. Yes. And like, he was my least favorite. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like if he was just so slimy 
and he's the most dangerous because because of how slimy he is he you can't like he wasn't ever gotten really in trouble really Mm-mm. and like he was able to walk away from things that absolutely. he shouldn't have been able to walk away from absolutely but like as a society what do we focus on that happened in this too like what do, what do we get most upset about and that's the animals being killed yes and not the mistreatment of people yes and that is so common it's it's easy to care about animals Mm -hmm. you know it's much harder to care about sexual assault and domestic violence and people um because there is someone who is you know doing that to these other people there is someone who's causing the violence and like the lack of accountability um that's just like littered in this entire series absolutely um and like i just think it's crazy that um Everybody seemed to get like more upset, like um, when I'm talking to people about this, and they're like the animal abuse, though, right? Um, and like, well, she should have known by going with these guys or like dealing with Jeff. She should have known what she's getting into, oh, or like you know, or she should have known she was 19 and dating a guy who was 40 something. Isn't like, that interesting that we put the onus of responsibility on the 19 year old and not the 45 year old man? Oh, yeah. Who is clearly using his power and status to manipulate young people. Our brains don't stop developing until we're 25. Yeah. And it has become so normalized to, um, to for for older men specifically to date younger women and younger boys as we see with with joe in the in our gay community that's something that we see a lot too we see it all the time and we'll talk about that in um a future podcast Mm -hmm. too um but like i think about oh well those boys were just gold diggers like i can already hear it in my head like where people are saying that well no wonder like they just wanted the money and the drugs and the lifestyle right but like we never think about why it was so easy for him to manipulate we never ask why is he manipulating them right we're not asking you know well, who are the people who are providing the drugs? Yeah. Who are the people who are um, saying, well, I have all this money and status, so don't you want to be with me and never leave your house? Because that's what Joe ended up doing with these boys. And it wasn't a 180. It wasn't right. like it just like all of a sudden happened. Like anything when it comes to domestic violence mm-hmm. um, or a toxic relationship, it happens gradually. Yes. Because, you know, if it happened very easily and immediately and immediately we would we would turn around and people would be like, oh, well, I'm just going to leave. I have no connection to you. I you know, it's like any investment, like the longer you invest in a relationship, time, money um, or like feelings or Mm -hmm. emotions and like time is our biggest resource. And that's the most expendable one that we have. Like we don't get any more back. And so we have to be like, oh, we're wrong. But that over time, that gives that person even more opportunity to manipulate yeah, somebody. Absolutely. Like, and and it's it's apparent that 
Joe is a master manipulator. Oh, and yeah. So it's it's really crazy how so much of society will say, well, those boys were 19 and they should have known better. They oh, should yeah. have been able to figure it out and get out sooner. Um, but the fact is that Joe knew what he was doing. He absolutely knew. And whenever you're in a relationship like this, like you're saying, it, it escalates. It doesn't start out with overtly abusive behavior because abusers know that you would leave if you punch them in the face on your first date yeah you're not going to stay around for that so you build this foundation this relationship that's full of love and emotions and drugs and all this excitement and fame and status you build it on those foundations so that as you gradually become more overtly abusive and controlling, that person feels like they have to stay. And that's absolutely what happened with John and Travis. They felt like they had to stay in this relationship because he had all of the financial resources. Yeah. You know, they weren't getting paid very much for for their work or anything at all. Um, so it, whenever we talk about domestic violence, we, I mean, we hear it all the time. Why didn't they just leave it? If they were being really abused, then they'd just leave. But the fact is that it's just not that easy. No. And I think that this really demonstrates how difficult it can be to leave, especially when there's love there, when this yeah. person manipulates you into loving them so much. Um, it becomes very, very difficult to see a way out. And the fact that it wasn't just hate for women, but also hate for race that a lot of these people had. They're very racist. Yeah um it's just like they're easily built upon hate and yeah. stuff like that and i love how the fact that he's always like well you know um i'm gay and that's so, what i was gonna like, say and i'm like and as a as a lesbian mm -hmm. i'm like yo um please stop representing our community <laughs> right uh, <laughs> like, absolutely yeah. well and that's really difficult too when people already have bad stereotypes about homosexuality and and you know people already have this image and then we see joe being manipulative to yeah. you know to to young boys and like he is making a very bad example of the gay community oh no <laughs> i'm sure. like please and stop it's so hard, too, because I, I uh, was reading about um, his uh, campaign manager. What was his name? John? Oh, I kind of felt bad for I him. I did, too. I did. The one who who, who witnessed Travis's death. Um, but he had first approached Joe because he himself was a gay man. And he was... Um, he felt that Joe was like an inspiration to him because he's just like this openly gay man and he is doing all these great things for animals. You know, he, that's what he saw. And so when he first approached Joe, it was because he was like, thank you for being an openly gay man in this environment that we're in. Oh yeah. And so it makes it really difficult to hear the racism and the misogyny coming from someone who really needs to know better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how it's, like, you know, accepted. Like, you mm -hmm. see the, the campaigns of, like, Carol needs to die. Oh, like, my goodness, yes. Like, death threats and all of this thing. Like, and And the support. Yeah. And yeah. The support and from the public is absolutely wild. If I see another cute picture of a cute-looking cartoon tiger and, and, Joe. and Joe, I think I might vomit. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, yeah. Honestly, there is so much public sympathy for Joe. And I feel like if you if you leave that documentary 
feeling like you relate to Joe Exotic, I think that's a problem. Yes. I think that's not the point. No. <laughs> so probably rethink your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> he is not a sympathetic character. No. And he definitely deserves to be in jail. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I think Jeff is the most dangerous one Ugh. and he deserves to be in jail too. I agree. I think I- that he, his, the way he clearly was so manipulative and ready to throw anyone under the bus if it would save himself, he's, mm-hmm. he would do anything to anyone to get ahead. Well, we talk about perpetrators of domestic and sexual violence and one of their main things to keep intact is how people who are not in the relationships with them view them. Yes. And he was so good at that. Yep. He was so like all these uh, men were very likable, right? Yes. Very charismatic. The, it's um, the charisma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but he's so nice. He's such a nice guy. I don't see him doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why they're nice. Absolutely. It's so that when they do horrible stuff mm-hmm. that somebody will go, well, they're such nice guys Yeah. that they wouldn't do that. Yep. And we hear it all the time. And yeah. that's one of the biggest barriers when it comes to domestic violence and sexual violence too um and uh, these people they they do it on purpose and um when you're in a violent relationship an abusive relationship other people are not necessarily going to see the way that person acts with their with their victim because that person is a victim that I think a lot there are so many misconceptions about abuse and domestic violence you know we hear it all the time well they just have anger problems they just get so angry that they can't help themselves they were drinking exactly there are so many excuses so many reasons but if you think about the fact that um, these people are deliberately hiding their abuse when they're around every other person they are deliberately being charismatic and likable so that if that person comes forward forward and says this person's abusing me in private everyone else can say well I've never seen that I've never seen anything that resembles abuse it must be you yeah well what did you do wrong yeah right yeah yep yep and we hear it all the time another person that we keep like mentioning but we don't really talk about um like her as a person yet we haven't is Carol Baskin yes Carol Baskin the ultimate uh, like nemesis, right? That the is arch how she, nemesis. Uh, that is how she's looked, and like it made me think of like Disney movies. How like um, I thought like about like Ursula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how like so much time, so many times, women are mm-hmm. the villains. Absolutely, and I I'm think totally I really love the editing in this documentary, and I feel like the reason that people are um, taking the message as free Joe exotic Carol is the bad guy I think the reason people are taking that away from this is because of the way that the documentary was framed because I think that they were trying to um, sort of do it from Joe's perspective right trying to trying to show Carol as this like evil nemesis because that's what Joe sees her as yeah. when in reality I mean she's probably there she's she definitely doesn't deserve all of the horribly gendered sexist you know misogynistic um, attacks that she was oh, receiving no. from Joe right no. like she didn't she didn't do anything that seemed to warrant that extreme reaction 
But if she was a man, I'm guessing that reaction would have been a little different. Yeah, and I yeah. think the reaction from the public would be different. Yeah. Um, but Carol herself has her own history of abuse. And I think yeah. that, that 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 frames, it sort of puts into context her current life a little bit better. Um, but so before she met um, Dawn, we all know about Dawn, um, she was married to a man named Michael Murdoch. Um, he was her boss at the store that she worked at. She was 17 years old. I roll. Yes. Yes. So we can already talk about the power dynamics that come from a 17 year old dating her boss. Um, they married when she was 17. Then somebody signed off and somebody signed off yes. on it. Yeah. Yes. And so I think they started dating when she was, I think she was much younger. Yeah. She was like 14, 14 or 15. Um, and she said that he was very possessive and physically abusive to her. So that's already, you know, formative years that you are experiencing abuse that becomes normal in your brain. And talk about the people who bystanders who just yes. let that happen, who and sign the off parents, on parents, yeah, who said that this is fine. And, you know, everyone's always like, well, it was a different time. It was more normal back then. But just because it was normal doesn't mean it was fine. Oh, no. It was not okay. Not okay. <laughs> So she met Don Lewis when she was walking down the street and he pulled up to her already, already. Let's just talk about how Don Lewis was 43 years old and there was a 19 year old girl walking down the street. Let's talk about if they were to do a cartoon or animation version of like um, inspired by Tiger King, <laughs> you would be the Monopoly figure. Uh, he's the monopoly man i love it i yeah, love that's that that's who you would be and i absolutely see that <laughs> <laughs> monocle mustache and yep. all he okay so she was walking down the street she's a 19 year old girl this 43 year old man pulls up and says get in the car and she says no and so he keeps trying he keeps driving well, around that's what real men don't take no as an answer oh my gosh so you can already see this dynamic coming into play and she's already used to abusive behavior she's already used to that so i'm sure that dawn didn't have too much trouble manipulating this 19 year old girl so they started seeing each other okay well let's talk about how whenever he she finally agreed to get in the car is because he said let me hold you can hold this gun on me you can hold this gun on me while we drive around whenever i heard that i was like what is this first meeting what is this meet cute story this yeah. is ridiculous <laughs> this is insanity oh, it's just cringe, cringe yeah. so they ended time. up having an affair for several years before she eventually uh divorced her husband to be with don but she also talked about how whenever her and don were married he would fly to costa rica every month when she was on her period because oh. he didn't want to be sexual with her. So he would fly to Costa Rica every single month. I miss that, I yeah, guess. I, I knew he flew there often, but I just totally missed yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know if it if they said it specifically in the documentary, but it was something that I read when I was researching later, that that is specifically why he would leave every single month. Oh um, so he was, uh, he was 
a notorious cheater. He was already, it already sounds like this relationship was at least emotionally abusive. Oh yeah. And I think that that was easy to miss too. If you're sort of falling into the narrative of the documentary, because it really frames it as, you know, Don is this innocent dude. Who's like scared for his life. And like she's only after him for his money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, the narrative that we see. And I mean, we hear it in real life all the time, yeah. calling women gold diggers um, yeah. as like a go-to for, for the reason that a woman wants to be with someone um but there is a point where they talk about don filing a, a police report he tries to file a police report because he doesn't feel safe around carol and that was sort of briefly mentioned and mm-hmm. it sort of like tipped off my my uh alarm bells a little bit um because something that we see in this line of work is sometimes abusers will try to control the narrative of the relationship Mm -hmm. so they will call in reports or like after an incident of physical violence the abusers will call it in and say well you know the victim's the one that started it they're the one that started this fight and so that's sort of what it reminded me of yeah yeah yeah, and like look at the ex-wife and the daughters and they all hated carol um and it was almost like those are the people that he could manipulate the most right because they're the closest to him yeah and so i wonder if they've ever sat down and questioned like why do i hate her so much right and is it because of things that i've seen or experienced or is it because i was told right and i was brainwashed to think of that Mm -hmm. like he was or manipulated to think these things right um right like it's easy, you know, like she said, the ex-wife said, I'll always love you and I'll always love him and stuff like that. And, you know, um, there was definitely times where he manipulated her. Definitely. And, yeah. and I mean, he he cheated on her with Carol, too. Oh, yeah. So, th- again, if you're if you are someone who consistently cheats and manipulates people and threatens to cheat on them, if they do something that you don't like, that's emotional abuse. And so I wonder how much more there was going on. I feel Mm -hmm. like the documentary sort of brushed over Don Lewis's responsibility in this, um, in all of this, you know, it really made it seem like he was just, a dude scared for his life and funding Carol and yeah habit I yep. would say habit yes yeah but I don't I don't know it just sort of it sort of rubbed me the wrong way I think that there's probably Don had a little bit more agency in all of this than uh the documentary framed but look at the documentary how well it's doing oh, because yeah. Carol is seen She's as a such a guy. good antagonist yeah yeah people love it oh yeah and people love to hate on a woman Oh, it's so <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy, right? <laughs> it's so easy. Especially a woman that's challenging another man's power. Yeah. Or several men's several power. Men. Absolutely. And I mean, just the way that everyone in that documentary would talk about that pure hatred for Carol. Like I I definitely get that she was a threat to their livelihood for yes. sure. But again, I can't I can't say it enough. If she was a man, that reaction would have been very different. Mm-hmm. It would have been. And I mean she wasn't the only one who was championing for these animals. There were, I mean, her husbands were involved in all of that too, but there was never as much hate 
or any that they framed that they showed in the documentary there wasn't that hate towards her husband Mm -hmm. as there was to her she literally had threats on her life yeah (laughs) she almost died the snakes in the mailbox and stuff like that and said we're sending this to you for your birthday and then all of a sudden she opens her mailbox and there's like i don't know if they were venomous or not like but like Man, I don't want to open my mailbox and see a ton of snakes. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, There's just the... the Isn't that like a federal thing, too? I think so. Like like sending stuff through the mail? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Joe filmed... You know, it's, it's crazy to me that he filmed all of these direct threats mm-hmm. and he never got in trouble for it like oh, no. he broadcasted it he he was very open with his hatred of this woman and the fact that he wanted her to die so i think that comes in to say where does freedom of speech end right mm-hmm. and when it's hate speech and yeah. when it's threats so like you know um where does that end absolutely um, where's the line um i think about um how these politicians were so afraid to speak up against animal cruelty mm-hmm. when because they had been taking pictures and that's yeah. like so such a cult thing to do right so they make you send nudes or they make you send yes. something like that some exploitive pictures or something like that and they say well, if you leave now, we're going to show this to the Absolutely. world. And that's you know, it's kind of what they did to these politicians, just with cute, loving animals. Yeah, like they're like, take a picture, but if you go against us, we're going to show all these pictures of you with Absolutely. these animals. We're going to show that you already supported us, and yeah. you're going to look like a hypocrite. Yep. Absolutely, man. The manipulation, the tactics were very. Uh, they were very careful. They knew what they were doing. Oh yeah. And I think that I'd say Doc Antle is probably. Like, he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. That man is such a master manipulator. I think, like, and you see it, like, little things. So there's this one scene where um, she, uh, there's a trainer who, or an intern, Mm. or somebody, an apprentice, or um, an employee of uh, Tigers is bringing out a um, tiger, Mm -hmm. um, or a big cat of some kind, and the chain rubs up against his shirt and he doesn't yell he's very controlled but he looks at that person and says well maybe if this was properly done or this hasn't been properly cleaned so now the shirt is ruined yes like and so it's so easy to do and i wonder what happened when those cameras turned off agreed and you know what i wanted to mention that when we were talking about jeff too you know he's saying all this stuff about lauren getting back to the gym and the hot nanny all this stuff if you're willing to say these things when the cameras are rolling how are you talking to your workers, your wife, whoever, when the cameras are off? Mm-hmm. It, how are you talking to these people in private? What are you doing yeah. to them? And you're right. Like Doc Antle's demeanor when he said that, I completely forgot about it. But it was like, that that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. There were so many red flags. It's just, it's just so, the whole the ne- documentary. It was a, the whole documentary was a neon sign. Yeah. <laughs> Every one of those people. Absolutely. Um. I think a lot of them talking about, well, it's a military lifestyle, taking care of these animals. And as somebody who has served, (laughs) I was like, I got paid. I've got benefits. Um, (laughs) You know, 
I willingly signed up for it and I wasn't manipulated into right. the process. But like thinking about it and it's like these people didn't sign up for a right. military lifestyle. Yeah. And if you're using that kind of language to describe your work when you're not in the military, there's a problem. Absolutely. That means it's probably an abusive work environment absolutely oh well who did joe hire specifically like who were the people he was targeting oh he was targeting people who had no place to go yeah he was going to the bus station he would have people report like oh there's someone who has nowhere to go at the bus station and on the outside it looks very uh like such a nice thing to do you know he's He's giving these people a chance absolutely but how are those people going to leave this situation? You know, how are they going to, are they ever going to be able to make enough money to live on their own to actually leave Joe exotic? Or are they going to be stuck with him forever? Now he gives them a place to stay and says, because I'm giving you a place to stay. I only have to pay you $120 a week. Mm -hmm. That's That's wrong. Yeah. And that's not enough to to live on that's not that's definitely not enough to be able to leave on your own but he's like i pay you 120 bucks a week and you can go through the expired meat to see what you can eat the expired meat oh god i was (laughs) so skeeved out with that oh my god first of all it's not how you feed a tiger with expired meat from Walmart. As I could say, that's baloney. <laughs> like, you had to get one in there. I had to get one in there. <laughs> but like, oh my gosh. Like seeing what these tigers were eating. Yeah. Like that's so sad. That's horrible. The, the the treatment of those animals was difficult to get through. But man, once you saw everything else that was going on, there there is just so much happening and so what happened to those animals especially with doc Anil, when they were no longer of use to them and and what does that mean when they're no longer of use they yeah. reach a certain age yep which is probably like nine months in maybe that's you know it's kind of how like you know leonardo dicaprio treats his partners exactly <laughs> they are uh expendable you know <laughs> once they once they reach their their use limit <laughs> the the their value um and that's really sad because it was talking about how baby you know tiger cubs they are not tiger cubs for very long no and so as soon as they are old enough to become like large cats they have no use for them anymore so they kill them or they sell them yeah they kill or they sell them and that's how he treated his quote-unquote employees right It, it was all of these people, you know, Joe, Doc Antle, Jeff, everyone and everything that they were involved with, ev- they considered everything as just a tool oh, from yeah. people to animals. It's all it's about them. They're all narcissists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're they're all fine using people and using whatever it takes to get them the attention and fame that they crave and the power. It's oh, always yeah. about power. Yeah, I love that power. I know. It, it's where it all comes back to. So that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And and I know that there's more. I know that there's more to talk about because there was more in my brain that I forgot. But I'd say that that's like a, a brief look at all of the the abuse and the grooming and, and the violence that is going on um, in this documentary series um that really isn't the focal point it's not the focal point of the the documentary but it's a real big part of why any of this is happening in the first place is because 
these people are manipulating others. And unfortunately, this documentary is giving those people more power. Yes. Like, for our entertainment. Absolutely. Like, oh, and Joe has been interviewed, and he is loving it. Oh, He's yeah. loving the fame. He's having a great time. Of course. Of course, because that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care who he has to use or abuse or step on. He wants his fame. Exactly. Yeah. So does Jeff Lowe. That somebody go check on Lauren, please. I'm so worried. Please about go her. check on. If you hear this and you know her, please go check on her. <laughs> go check on her. Make sure she's safe. Yeah. Pregnancy and new babies are a dangerous time for yes. violent relationships. So yes. I, I hope that I hope that she's doing all right. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to Miss Media. This is Griff. And this is Nora. And we'll be coming out with a podcast soon about how women are treated in Hollywood, such as celebrities, birthday countdowns, the scandalous. Yes, I can't wait. Yes. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.